0: Hey, what's up, everyone? This week we're talking about developing pillar content for your brand or business. Check it out.
1: In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change, how do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer.
0: Hey hey, hey, what's up? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands. I'm Brandon Berkmeyer, your personal marketing coach, and I believe that building a brand that matters is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in each week as we bring to you marketing thought leadership from the best speakers and authors on marketing in the business, and also bring you some solo deep dives from yours truly into the marketing questions that you guys have. And we've been diving into content marketing lately, so today we'll be doing that again, specifically around how to develop your pillar content and why it's important. So. Before we get into that, I want to let you guys know that if this is your first time, make sure to go to BrandsonBrands.com and check out our resources, our guides, and get to know the brand a little bit. And if you are interested in building your brand with content, I'd advise you check out our episode, episode 121, On Developing Your Content Marketing Strategy. And that's at BrandsonBrands.com forward slash 121. So. Check that out if you get a chance. As always, if you are interested in getting the notes from today's show, you can go to brandsonbrands.com forward slash notes. It'll give you the four most recent shows worth of notes that you can download to your computer for you to access. So with that being said, let's jump into the show. Brands on Brands. All right, let's get into it. Today, we are talking about pillar content and how to develop that for your brand. Specifically, I wanted to talk today about why you need pillar content and which platforms you should be thinking about using for your business. And let's start with the why. Why should we be creating pillar content for our brands? And what we mean by pillar content is content that is long form, something that is living within either a blog or a podcast or a YouTube video of some sort, something that is 30, 40 minutes, something that is longer form so that you can then use that and cut it down over time into other pieces. But it's this the main cornerstone piece of the things that you want to create. It's your big ideas. And let's talk about why this is the kind of content that's important for us to create as opposed to just creating short form content. So there's three reasons in my mind that are great reasons why pillar content is critical to any content creator in their content marketing strategy. And the first reason is that it's a content engine. The second is that it's an authority builder. And the third is that it's a growth tool. And I'll talk about those briefly. And then we'll talk about the individual platforms, including the blogs, the YouTubes, the podcasts of the world, and even social media and their roles. But let's get go through these reasons quickly. So for a content engine, the pillar content allows you to not just create one episode, but that long form material allows you to Better deep dive into solutions and go in depth on a topic that people have questions about that is your topic of interest. And when you can deep dive like that or talk about trends or whatever it is, you now have created something that is a repurposing foundation that you can use over time. It's not just 40 pieces of random content, it is four pieces of content that you can create that can be divided into 40 pieces of content. Let's not create as much every day as we need to. Let's create three or four things that then can turn into all the content you need for your business. So it's a repurposing foundation and it allows for deeper dive solutions. The last thing is that it's evergreen pillar content is the kind of thing that people can keep looking for and keep finding. And it, if it's written the right way can continue to serve people that ask the same questions over time, over and over again. You will always have an answer because you've answered it in an evergreen long form content format. So. That's the, the first piece. And everyone needs a content engine. You need somewhere where you can go create once a week and that be the thing that drives the daily and multiple times a day posts across all the other platforms. You need something that you can just create once and use 40 times. The second reason why pillar content is so important is that it's an authority builder. We're talking about the thought leadership, the becoming known for things that you need in your business. It's hard to become a thought leader if you don't have any kind of catalog of the things that you stand for, the common things that you believe, your shared perspective. If you haven't captured all of that, then it's hard for people to start to know that you are knowledgeable in that subject. So uh, as an authority builder, it's the kind of thing that when you are out there in the world and you are starting to share your knowledge, you can say, well, go back to my show. If you want to hear episode 13, you can hear what my thoughts were on that topic that you asked about. So you start to have every question in a particular field answered because you've cataloged it. And now that's building the thought leadership part of it. And as you're using your voice over and over and over again within a long form platform, you start to develop the consistency in terms of delivering the same message over and over that will become the thing you're known for. Also in terms of being an authority builder, it's not just this catalog of ideas, but it's searchable. It's the kind of thing that when people look for it, they can find your ideas. Because you've cataloged it in a way that's searchable. And also, it becomes social proof. When you start to become known for something, people will ask if you wanna become a speaker, if you wanna go on a show and guest somewhere, or if they're just looking to do business with you. It's social proof to be able to say, you were the host of this show, you were the author of this body of work. And you have proof now that you have put thought into these things and that you're not just posting short things on the internet. And the last piece of why Pillar Content is so important is it's a growth tool. It is long-term SEO value that when you are creating something, you're putting out there long-form content, the most used search engines in the world are Google and YouTube, which is also owned by Google. And the form of content that they prefer is long-term blog posts. So long-term, long-form verbal content, written content. And that long-form written content is indexed by Google and searchable. And the same thing is true with YouTube. That long form video content serves, is served up well to the audiences that are on YouTube. So if you want to grow long term and have SEO value, you have to continue to push content that is long form into the blogs and video channels and podcasts so that you can be found. And it doesn't just happen with one piece. You need to do multiple pieces of long, of long form content to get there. And then another growth tool because as you start to develop people that subscribe to a pillar piece of content format, like a podcast or a YouTube channel, once they are subscribed, they are now notified when you have new content that is released. And you might start with one subscriber or 10 or 100, and they stay. And then every one you add in over time just is added on top of that, as opposed to certain things that are shorter form where they might see you once and then never see you again. And it's a list builder. Most of these pillar pieces of content can be places where you embed the things that entice people to want to give you their information to join their list. And it's for free. So just wanted to talk about why pillar content is so important. And now we're going to dive into the individual platforms themselves and the role of these channels. You know, I hear people say a lot, you should just focus on one channel be great at that one channel. And I agree with that for a, as a starting point, that you need to be a primary creator in one channel and pick the channel that you can use that you're comfortable with that flows best for you. Now, obviously, I'm a big fan of podcasts. I have a podcast, but I don't think that a podcast is going to serve me and my business long-term if it's the only place where my business and my content lives. So let's talk about the other formats, and we'll go through all of them one by one. But the first is blogs. I'll start here because it's the one that's been around the longest. And the things that blogs are good at, the role of blogs, is they are great at things like step-by-step education, where you need to explain to someone all the things they need to do in order, where they need to keep referencing back to that thing to get through the entire process of doing something. It's great for links to other sources. You're sitting down, you're reading a blog on a computer. It's great to be able to click a link and go to an item that's been referenced right there while you're sitting there trying to figure it all out. It's a great source for capturing leads, because while you're on a blog, on a website, you can ask someone to download something and give you their information. They're there, active, engaged, and can do that. It's great for downloading content because while you're there, you can give them things right away that they can put on their computer. It's great for purchase funnels. In other words, it's great for putting landing pages and sales pages, places where people might want to, they might be interested in your product and you need to convert them. It's a great place to put that And because they're ready to take action and they can act while they're there. And it's a great audience growth tool via search, like we talk about. A blog is the number one place where you can be searched other than YouTube. And it takes a long time to to develop authority in a particular topic. But the long-term answer to consistent, non-paid traffic is to become great at developing content via a blog. So what's a blog not good at? Well, and people might argue with me on these things, but compared to the other channels, Engagement is lower. You know, there's not immediate interactivity with blogs. The comments are usually far and few between, so engagement's not right there because you're there to read. Really, it's more passive. You're taking it in, and you can take action, but it's not something you're reacting to and providing comments on. And then there's less personality. Although yes, you can write with personality, you're not going to get as much personality as you're going to get by watching a video or listening to a channel. You can hear that person's voice and tone and all of that. It's also not great for recurring. Readership, you know, subscribing to a blog and is less active. Subscribing to a blog is less active than a YouTube channel or a podcast will be in terms of them actually looking for that show every week. Because you're unfortunately, if you subscribe to a blog, it's now going to be sent to people's emails, and you are now buried amongst other emails. So everyone can take advantage of emails, but that's just in terms of someone who's constantly consuming your content. They have to go through multiple steps there and. Let's jump to YouTube for a second here. Can I know all these things are debatable, but this is my approach and my view on these things. So YouTube is great at live engagement. You have, if you are, and any kind of video in general is great at live engagement. You can do lives that are broadcast on YouTube and on the social video channels. Let's kind of tie some of those together. The idea is what is video good for, right? It's great for demonstration where you can actually show people your screen and take them through things you want to show them there, then and there. In its own way, it's good. But in other ways, like a blog might be better if you need to slow down and read the things and look at the link. So it's a different type of teaching. It's great for short education where you need to get through something quickly, a how-to that you just want to figure out in like three to five minutes. It's great for that. It's great for one-time knowledge. You just want to solve one thing. It's great for in-person live interviews where you are showing up and you are at the same place as someone. You have great lighting, a great stage it's a very visual medium and that's where you want to, to really make that shine. It's great for personality. It's great for showing people who you are. They see your face, they see the the emotions and if you can if you are a passionate person you have that energy, it's great for demonstrating that. And it's great again for audience growth via search. It might take a long time for you to compete because there are so many YouTube videos out there just like there are so many blogs out there. It's it takes time to develop a high ranking because you're competing against literally everyone but long term if you can stay at it, it's a great place to be found what it is not good at I would say in my opinion, I'd rather not watch a zoom interview on YouTube. I'd rather watch a nice produced interview and listen to an interview on a podcast either way so that's me and then long education i think if when things turn to be, you know need to be like an hour or something like that or multiple hours worth of Of education, I'd rather not watch them on a YouTube video. I think it's that comes across better in a blog, or if you want to listen to multiple things uh, in a podcast, you can do that. Also, recurring viewership is tough. Obviously, people subscribe to YouTube channels, but being a subscriber doesn't necessarily mean that you're watching those shows all the time. Uh, It doesn't, people are there more searching for one off things than watching their same favorite shows every week, minus the like one or two best players in the game. And then on the go, YouTube, obviously, and blogs also are not good on the go. You can't be driving or working out or doing other things on the go and watching or reading something. So that's tough. That's a limitation of those platforms. Podcasts, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying, this is not a woo-woo, let's go podcasts episode. This is a everything has advantages and disadvantages episode, and there's reasons why you should be leveraging all of them. So podcasts, is the things that I've enjoyed about podcasts is that they are longer, it's great for longer form education where we talk about concepts, high-level concepts, and you can continue to give people new nuance to the things you're trying to teach every week. It's great for recurring listenership. Again, as you have a subscriber, those subscribers tend to listen to each episode and come back each week if they like the content. And they can also deep dive and binge the content if they're there and they're in that, that mindset and a lot of podcasts you know they tend to be 30 minutes to an hour and most people listening listen to the whole thing which is a lot longer than a lot of the other platforms uh zoom interviews i think interviews are a great thing to listen to not every interview you want to watch and especially if it's a zoom interview it gets a little boring to watch so listening to them though you it becomes very engaging and you can do that while you're doing other things on the go also one time short education is great for podcasts too you want a couple quick hits on tips to solve something, you bring some an expert on or you talk about it yourself, you can get people some some great answers pretty quickly. And then personality, just like video, personality can come through pretty well with your voice versus with the written word. So it's great for that. And then thought leadership. Uh, it's a great place to easily get your thoughts out and into a recorded fashion so that you can capture all these ideas you have that might be harder for you to write down or for you to set up and you know put on camera if you're not comfortable on camera. So great for that. Things that podcasts are not great at. Live engagement is tough for podcasts. We don't know who's listening. There's no uh, way for you to interact with the, the podcast within the format. Demonstration is tough. You know, I can't show you things within my podcast. I can't show you a video or show you where I'm clicking or take you to a link to another page or whatever it is. So demonstration is tough. Links to other sources are tough. I can tell you to go to something, but if you're on the go listening to this, it's hard for you to go into that thing immediately. And lead capture is tough. So it's hard to say, hey, listeners, go and go to this website and download my thing because it's hard for people to want to take action or remember to take action in the moment if they're not sitting at a computer. The last one on this is audience growth and search is tough for podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts out there, not as many as YouTube channels and blogs, but finding people to listen to your show is tough and search there's no natural search engine for podcasts that works well obviously you can find shows on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify but those are not as powerful as highlighting your content as Google is doing for YouTube and for Google search and I think that just has to do with the amount of people that are actually searching for things on the platforms so the all three of those platforms have their advantages disadvantages what I like about podcasts is in terms of creating content for me, it's the fastest form of content. Me cranking out an episode on a podcast happens very quickly. I don't need to set up cameras. I just need to turn the mic on. I don't need to sit down and write. I can talk much faster than I can write. In 30 minutes of talking, I can crank out 5,000 words of written material. So that would take me hours if I was writing it. You know, there's some limitations, like I have to get it edited and transcribed. But at the end of the day, Picking one platform to start with and then figuring out how do you then redistribute to the others is what I would say the advice is. So for me, I like starting with a podcast, but I think it's valuable to have the advantages of YouTube and have the advantages of a blog. So for me, I say, once you've figured out your podcast and all the systems you're doing for that, try to venture out and say, okay, how do I take this podcast and create video out of it that people would watch? And that might take some work to figure out how you would do that. And then for blog, I would say, take the transcript of your show and find out how you can convert that into written material that people would actually read. Work on both of these. I mean, making it good enough to read and making it good enough to watch is going to take some innovative thinking and some some work. But for me, the power of being able to create that quickly is the power of podcasting. Now, if you're a YouTuber, you'll have similar challenges. You might be able to distribute, you know, pull the audio from that and create a podcast It won't sound as good unless you get it edited, but the quality of the microphone won't be as good. You might be able to pull a transcript from it, but the way you're creating the show may not lend itself to non-visual mediums like writing or podcasting. You might be demonstrating things with your hands and with video, and they don't just translate to a podcast directly because you didn't create, you created with the additional element of video. So if you have something that is reliant on video, it doesn't translate. So if you're using all the best, features of video, you might lose those trying to translate them to the other format. So everything will have its limitations. And then also it takes, it might take you a long time to try to create a video. So it's slower in terms of production. And if you're starting with a blog, again, I would recommend you try to get that blog and turn it into a podcast or an video. But now you have to actually physically record an extra something. Taking the written part is the hardest to, to convert because you still you can't just add a voice to a blog. And if you do, it's like robotic. And you can't just create video either. So that for me is the hardest. And everything can be transcribed and created into a blog, or you can, once you've written the blog first, you have to go and then you read it, but at least you'll have something to read that is the foundation for the thing you're talking about. So everything will have its advantages and disadvantages. And my point is, if you want the advantage of each one, if you want the impact of video and the searchability of video, and you want the engagement of a podcast, a long-term listenership and the easiness to create. And you want the discoverability of a blog and the ability to create links and drive people to your lead magnets and to create people, like bring them into your your world and your email list. If you want the advantage of all of them, you need to use all three and find a way to make the content freely from one platform to the next. So that's what I would say is your second phase of creating pillar content isn't just create one thing and and never do anything else. It's create your one thing, get good at it, and then find a way to become good at the other pillars as well. And eventually you might have to create individually for all three. I don't think you have to start there, but you might have to start moving towards that once you get your systems figured out. The last thing I'll touch on is social media. I didn't mention it because to me, it's not a platform in and of itself. It's not a pillar content platform. It is great for distribution. So social media, the positives, obviously discovery is greater in social media than anywhere else people are on it all the time and your ability to put a post out there and get people to see it is amazing however you might have to start to pay for that over time because once you have an audience only about a 2-3% of those people are actually seeing posts that you create your actual followers until you grow big enough that you have you know people are starting to find you over time but you have to you might have to pay to grow that audience via ads and whatever else, but it's a great place to do that. Nowhere else has that ability to grow as quickly with ads as Facebook and maybe YouTube does. So it's great for that. It's great for discovery. It's great for like announcement messaging, things that are short, catch people's attention and then bring them into your world and send them to these other platforms like the blogs, the podcasts and the YouTubes. It's great for generating interest and interaction. It's great for promotion. It's great for uh, short, very highlight type content, not pillar content, short content like picks and memes and clips and highlights and in general, all of this contributes to it being a great place for you to grow your audience. But the idea is don't just grow them on social media, grow them and send them to these other platforms where they become longer term pieces of your audience network. So, and then the things obviously that social media is not good at, which is why you can't just be on social media, is it's not great at education. Having just an image or just a short 100 to 200 word post is not great for just long form education, it's not great for conversation in terms of the having the deeper interviews and things like that. You just can't do that. It's not great for demonstration. It's hard to show in a little clip an actual deep dive on something that you're trying to learn and show them how to use. It's not great for thought leadership. A couple of images doesn't show people that you are a leader in your space. It's not great for nurturing over time because you might see one clip now and you might not see another thing from that person for months and months and months. Nurturing requires you to have consistent exposure. It's not great for searchable audience growth. You know, people aren't typing into YouTube things that are going to help them find you. That You want that recurring content view, which is going to to come from a longer form pillar type content. So that's social media, and that's the role of social media within this space. But the importance I hope you guys are taking away from this is that pillar content is going to be one of the biggest factors in you developing your content marketing strategy, figuring out how to leverage their number one platform you want to create with, and create pillar content that might just be one thing you create every week and using that to be the engine of content for the other platforms. And then using that pillar of content to build your authority, grow your audience, and then figuring out then how over time do I take my main platform and transition into the other platforms so I get the full benefit of all of them rather than just the one and being stuck in the limitations of the one thing I'm creating in. Obviously, it's a lot of work, takes a lot of time, but that should be the goal if you don't want to be stagnant, if you found that you've hit a wall or a plateau in your creative ability to grow an audience, then you might, it might be because not because you need to create more content, but because you need to expand your horizons to other platforms and the advantages that they bring. That's my show for today. That's what I wanted to talk to you guys about. Hope that you have learned a little bit about pillar content or maybe just were inspired to take action on the things you already knew. And with that, I appreciate you guys listening. If you guys are interested in learning more about how to build your content marketing strategy, I'd recommend you check out episode 121, first, which is the first episode of season three. And it dives into my content marketing strategy. And it is the foundation of all of this for the season. So if you haven't listened to that, go check it out. And otherwise, thank you guys for listening every week. And I look forward to bring you another piece of content next week.
1: Check it out.